Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and we talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going all right, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I've seen a couple of movies this week. I assume you have as well. I have seen one movie this week. All right. Oh, God, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> that can't happen during a podcast. That's that like that was pretty alarming for you. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> my headphones just started going beep, beep, and my phone behind me started ringing loudly. Um, all right. So uh, what, what have you seen this week, Matt? I saw the movie in the theater, The Kid Who Would Be King. Oh, okay. You did go see that. I did. All right. And uh, I saw two movies. Uh, I saw Bumblebee. Oh, nice! Uh, and I saw uh, another movie called Dancer in the Dark from uh, from the okay. year two thousand. Not familiar with that one. Hmm. Um. Well, I guess I'll, I'll I'll start with Bumblebee because we already really talked about it the other week. Um, well, now we can spoil it. That's true. So maybe we should start with something else. Uh, let's uh, let's start with Dancer in the Dark then. All right. Uh, it's from the year 2000. It, Heard that. It stars uh, Bjork, the singer Bjork. Really? It sure does. Uh, it, <laughs> it was uh, written and directed by Lars von Trier, and I believe this is the first Lars von Trier movie that I have seen. And uh, it, it was good. It was really good. Um, yeah? It is a movie about this Eastern European woman. Uh, and I guess the time period is supposed to be the seventies uh, who, who uh, immigrates to America and, uh, and she is slowly going blind and she works in this factory and she's trying to uh, save up money to have an operation for her son. Um, that's, that's basically the, the plot of this movie. Um, I would highly recommend seeing it. Uh, it was, it was, yeah. it was very good. Uh, Bjork does a terrific job. Um, really? uh, all the actors do a pretty good job. And, um, and then there's the downside of the movie. <laughs> um, mm. so this is a musical and, uh, oh. yeah. So the, uh, the basic plot of the movie, uh, in addition to what, what I already mentioned, is um, this this uh, Bjork plays this character called Selma, and she loves American musicals from like the 40s and the 50s, like the Roger and Hammerstein musicals and things like that. And uh, when she comes to America, she thinks that her life is going to be like a musical, like with lots of singing and dancing and blah, blah, blah. And it's not. It's, it's she lives a difficult life and uh but she's not unhappy but she's she's slowly going blind and uh and that's where the the movie uh gets pretty interesting uh visually uh because the movie it uh the movie doesn't spell anything out for you you have to really figure it out yourself for instance for the first 20 minutes of the movie i didn't know when the movie was i didn't know where we were like i thought we were in europe somewhere because a lot of people who work in the factory with her um 
are also have accents because there there's a lot of immigrants that work there. So you spend a lot of time thinking that you're in Europe until you until you just kind of figure out, oh, we're we're somewhere in America. And uh, based on the visual uh, clues the movie gives you, you figure out that the movie takes place in the 70s because of the the cars and the fashion styles that the people have and 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 things of that nature. So it's it's a very interesting visual movie. Uh, even the way that the the film looks is it it looks like a movie from the seventies, which is uh which is really cool. Um, and and like I said, this is I think my first Lars von Trier movie, and I really enjoyed the way this movie was shot and edited together. And like I mentioned it to my wife while we were watching it. I was like, if I was gonna make a movie. I think it would look just like this. Like it, it's, it's kind of my style. I was like, Ooh, I found a director that does things in my style. Like, I can't wait to watch another one of his movies to see if, if, if this was an outlier, if this is really how he does things, because now I don't have to make movies. I can just watch this guy do them for me. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a very interesting visual movie. Uh, and, uh, color plays a lot into it. Like for instance, um, when like as the movie goes along, uh, and Bjork is slowly going blind, like the movie becomes more and more desaturated. Uh And, um, and then there are, there are these musical sequences, um, which you can feel free to skip through. You don't have to watch the musical sequences. That's, uh, that's something that I learned about myself and Bjork is that I think Bjork has a, a wonderful voice, but uh-huh. I don't care for her music. Like yeah. I, I like listening to her sing. I just don't like listening to her sing, which if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to a song that's been put together than just the vocals. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so, like, they have these musical sequences, and the musical sequences are very colorful. There's lots of dancing, and uh, it's just a very visually interesting film. But uh, the other thing is that for the first hour and a half, the movie's two and a half hours long, or two hours and 20 minutes long. But for the first hour hour of this movie, you just are are anticipating something terrible happening to her so like you're kind of on your the edge of your seat the entire time because you're expecting uh either for her to get hurt by this factory equipment or for her to get sexually assaulted in some way and and the movie does take like a crazy a crazy twist that you really don't see coming uh until like it it's pretty obvious what's going to happen and um and it's like oh well, this is just, this is worse than those other things, probably. Uh, and uh, I, d- I don't want to spoil it, because I, I think if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. But um, the ending of the movie is is really uh, shocking. And um, and uh, it's definitely worth watching. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. but uh, Potential spoiler alert for the next 15 seconds, so Turn away for 15 seconds, listeners. Okay. Does she go deaf too? No, she doesn't. Okay. I mean... All right, welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. Um, yeah, and so uh, I, I don't want to spoil anything else about the movie, but but definitely check it out. It's 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 totally worth seeing. And, and Bjork is, is kind of a wonderful actress. Like, she does a great job. I, w- I wonder if she's been in other movies. 
Um, I'm not really familiar with her character. I'll click on her name and see what the internet movie database says. Oh, she was in Tank Girl. Oh, for the soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A bunch of music videos. It's cool that she's a good actress. I I never really knew what to make of Bjork. Uh, Yeah, I kind of agree. I, uh, I, I never really had much of an opinion on her. Not in a negative way, but like I never listened to her music, so uh, and now I'm not going to because I don't care for her songs. But <laughs> but I like her voice. Like I wish, like it'd be interesting to hear her do an album of music written by someone Just else, different style, and produced by someone else besides like the Bjork uh-huh. sound. Yeah. Um, so that'd be that would be interesting. But uh, yeah. Cool movie. So Bjork, Nick would like you if you just stop being Bjork. If you could just do an album of of just call yourself Bork. <laughs> you could just if you could just like you know cover some Ace of Base or something, then we'll get along. Just oh my god, can you imagine? They're both from like Iceland, aren't they? Oh, maybe. No, I think I think Ace of Base is Swedish. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Good album. I still have that on tape somewhere. It's a bumblebee. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about your movie or do you want to save it for the end? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess, uh, do you want to do newest at the end or do you want to do spoiliness at the end? I'll do this one first. We'll, we'll spoil bumblebee at the end. Okay, sure. Um, that way people don't have to guess when we're done talking about bumblebee, if they want to dodge the spoilers. Uh, all right. So, well, I went to the theater Hey, wait, you went to the theater, too. So we can do Preview Corner before we do either of these movies. Uh, we could, but I we got there late and missed the previews. Oh, well, then I have a Preview Corner. Yeah. You didn't miss the first minute of the movie, did you? No. No, we okay, didn't. Okay, that's good. Okay, so Preview Corner. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, the big ticket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, saw another preview for the movie I think should be called Drown Boy. Uh, instead, it's called Breakthrough. Uh, kid drowns. That's my reasoning. Um, but that's the plot. Kid drowns uh, for 15 minutes, then comes back to life. And it's it looks like it's lots of praying. Lots and lots of praying. Oh, really? And it. Oh, God, yeah. I don't, I mean, this I don't movie, remember you talking about this movie before. Uh, you know, I might have just focused on how Topher Grace looks really bad in it. I'm not sure. That sounds um, but, familiar. It's one of those spiritual movies where it's all about, like, it looks like a Hallmark type thing uh-huh. and uh, just tons of praying right in the preview. And then, you know, of course, there's one guy who's like, well, I don't believe in God. And so he's going to, you know, learn how to believe in God, I'm sure. Does it start and, Kirk Cameron? And, uh, no, no, it's got too much money for that. No. Um, but there's, there's a quote in this movie during all this inspirational music and shit. And it, the quote is, did you see the Facebook page? It's going viral. I just wanted to throw up. And I just, I, you know, I, I'm I'm not a religious person. Um, and that's not why I hate these movies. <laughs> I hate them because they're bad. Right. But it does make me kind of curious where I'm like, I wonder in terms of, I mean, I, I, I wonder this sometimes with other movies that I just can't stand whatsoever. You know, like Kevin Smith movies. So I wonder to myself, <laughs> why do people watch these things and it just it kind of made me curious as to like if people go to the movie to kind of resolve their own 
doubts in their own beliefs. You know, just like the, oh, if I see someone in a movie finding out that, you know, God exists and did stuff, does it make me feel less, you know, of my own doubt? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. If anyone's uh, loving these movies, feel free to, you know, send us a message. Uh, number two, I called this one Another Talking Dog, but it's actually called A Dog's Purpose 2, I think. It's definitely a sequel to the first Dog's Purpose. Isn't a Dog's uh, Purpose still in theaters? No, that's A Dog's Way Home. Oh. And I don't think it was in theaters very long. It might still be there. And this is uh, Dennis Quaid being old. Looks like a lot of uh, like dog dying repeatedly, so I'm going to skip that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, like, it sounds like the dog's purpose is to just be the best friend and protector of oh, some wait. human being is... throughout all of their life. Oh, wait so they just die and come back and come back into their life. So it makes me wonder what's supposed to happen to people who have a dog as a kid, but then don't have a dog later. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, where did it go? Right. Uh, I was going to say, I was so... about to say, oh, is this the movie where the, the dog like keeps, keeps dying and gets reincarnated? Yeah, yeah. And but with different families? Uh yes, um but even though they're it shows up with different families, it sounds like they're he's still coming back into some girl's life over and over again. It's like some sort of dog stalker, really. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um Check it out. Oh yeah, by the way, don't let me get out of preview corner without touching on Coke Corner. Okay. Anyway, sure. sure. We'll come to that in about five movies. Uh, then I saw a movie that I would call Sad Mutant Elephant. Um, <laughs> it's actually named Dumbo. Uh-huh. And uh, it's kind of funny because I saw it in free and I'm like, like, oh, I forgot that Dumbo could fly. Yeah. <laughs> I, totally, I totally forgot that that's like the whole premise. Um, and it looks very Tim Burton-y, which is to say it looks kind of mean. Um, and so, you know, people abusing some sort of strange looking thing. It's kind of like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Uh, except with an elephant. It'll be interesting to see how they, how they do this movie because the original Dumbo is pretty racist. I don't know if you've, if uh-huh. you've seen it, uh, in the last whatever, but, but we watched it a couple of years ago and it is crazy racist. Um, they'll probably cut that. They probably won't. Disney's known for being. <laughs> <laughs> They'll um, probably make it more subtle. But like, like the beginning of the movie has got these uh, uh, African American gentlemen like putting together the circus, and it is, it's uncomfortable to watch a little bit. And then later in the movie, they have like the racist birds who are like, "I seen a peanut stand." That's my you impression of the not bird. Not do an impression <laughs> of a racist bird. <laughs> but, but um so like they have that those birds but like they're part of that they sing that I've seen an elephant fly song so I wonder if they're yeah. going to if they're going to do that because uh, it's a good song even though those characters are racist. Well um, maybe they'll just have them be non-racist crows. Maybe. Um but also like the whole thing of of Dumbo like he doesn't fly until like the end of the movie. Like that's uh-huh. like the end of the movie spoiler alert is that he <laughs> at the end when he flies, like the rest of the movie is just about him being abused by like everyone in his life, except for his friend, the mouse 
who his name is not Jiminy Cricket. Well, that's because he's a mouse. Jiminy Mouse. Yeah. Well, I, you know, there's another thing that kind of occurred to me while I was watching the preview is that I'm not sure I ever actually saw Dumbo. I, oh, I know that it's heartbreaking to watch. It's 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 a sad movie. Well, and you know what? I was just about to say something about scenes that I know about, uh-huh. <laughs> including hear me out on this: the scene with the kids turning into donkeys and Dumbo's dad being eaten by a whale. <laughs> that's, that's a different movie. That's a totally different movie. That's Pinocchio. <laughs> that is Pinocchio. I may have never seen Dumbo. Oh, you should check huh. it out. It's 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 racist. very it's very good. It's got very racist moments, but like there's a scene where 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 Dumbo's basically getting like attacked by like a crowd because people are making fun of his ears. And and Dumbo's mom goes nuts like trying to protect her kid. And she gets locked up in like elephant jail and, and they sing this, there's like the saddest song you've ever saw seen while Dumbo is like outside of the jail and his mom is trying to rock him to sleep with her trunk through the, the, the gates of the prison. And it's, it's so sad. Like there's not a dry eye in the house. And then like, even thinking of the song, you're like, Oh, that's a sad song. I'm going to pass on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I saw a preview for a movie that I, and this is a title, I guess, that's specific for me, but I would call it Nightmare Movie. Okay. Um, It's actually called Missing Link, and it's kind of a cartoon, but it's got a stop motion thing going for it. Right. And that sort of stuff creeps me out because it feels like claymation. So it's probably fine. I wouldn't know. Um, but what's oh yeah, it, what's what it about? it's actually about is the missing link. It looks like Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, it's okay. like, uh, yeah, well, it, it, it actually doesn't look anything like Harry and the Hendersons. It's just a, a stop motion movie that's actually CG or yeah, CGI about, um, the missing link. And I, I guess he's like traveling around with some guy or something like some guy finds him in the forest and he's actually rather sophisticated for a practically caveman but looks more like a bigfoot uh-huh. that's all i got i i didn't want to look at the screen so anyway <laughs> uh next uh uh there's a movie that i titled unwanted child and uh that was actually just a few seconds into the preview for shazam shazam uh oh see he's, i can't wait for that movie uh, actually, I will admit that I, I had seen the preview before and I guess just kind of forgotten it. Um, but up till the point that I found out it was Shazam, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. I'm down with this. And then I was like, oh no, he's. Uh oh. Uh oh. I think we lost Midwest Matt. I'm going to, I'm going to call him back. We got to hear what he has to say about Shazam. Because Shazam looks like a pretty fun movie. That's the sound of the phone ringing. And the next sound we hear will hopefully be Matt saying hello. So Shazam was... uh, (laughs) Actually, uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it as blank of a slate as I can. Uh Because I will say that it was seeming like it was off to a good start. I just, 
I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just Shazam itself. I'm having a hard time getting into. Uh-huh. And and the idea of like someone who can turn into a hero just by saying a word, I'm like, why wouldn't you just say it all the time? But right. whatever, I'm sure the movie will address that in some way or not or another. Yeah, I, uh, I think it looks next, like a, a lot of I fun. Saw a preview for. Go ahead. Yeah. I was no, saying. No, I was no. just saying. Uh, I, I think it looks like a lot of fun. Like it looks like a a tongue in cheek kind of superhero movie, which is which is what DC needs at this point. Like just something, you know, not like Aquaman, which some people think is tongue, which is tongue in cheek, but was actually terrible. This movie looks like it's supposed to be a comedy. So I'm looking forward to it. It did seem like it had a tone. Like it, it seemed, it seemed, uh, I got the impression that it was a product that actually was finished. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And, and coherent. And, and with a singular kind of vision. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, and then next I saw a preview for a movie that, based on the first 50% of the preview, should be called Marissa Tomei is Hot, but instead is called Spider-Man. Um, oh, Far From Home. Yeah. And uh, it seems, you know, I mean, obviously everybody knows that... Uh, Spider-Man is going to come back to life and everything, uh-huh. but it seems like they could, it doesn't come out till next summer. So it feels like they could have waited till after the Avengers to really do the promotion. Yeah, you know, like people are going to go see Spider-Man. You don't need to promote it for a year. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Uh. Just honestly, the preview's not doing anything for me. It it was it didn't offer anything in the way of plot. It was just a bunch of jokes, and then it's like. Here's Jake Gyllenhaal as fishbowl head, and like uh, that's he's Mysterio. Yeah, okay, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't encourage me that they're focusing on Marissa Tomei being hot for the first half, and then not really showing me anything of the plot. I really enjoyed Spider-Man: Homecoming, so I I'm I'm interested in seeing it, but, but I'm I would have expected some like if there's if I'm seeing a preview for a movie I'm already interested in seeing, I'm hoping it's going to encourage me even more. And instead I was like, ah, oh, there doesn't seem to be a plot here. Really? There's, there's nothing in here that has me interested. It kind of gives me that Iron Man two vibe. So mm. we'll see. Maybe, maybe they are trying to leave a lot out by the Avengers, but I feel like if that were the case, it just wouldn't be, promoted already you know they could promote it like they did with jurassic park where it was just stomping in the sign yeah just some sort of sounds and then spider-man and then we'll show you the real preview once spider-man comes back to life so that those are my thoughts on that okay yeah I, I, uh, I, i'm looking forward to it so I, okay. that's all i have to add to that I mean, if it can be anywhere near as good as Homecoming, I'll, I'll still be happy. I just uh, I'm not encouraged. And I saw a preview, speaking of not encouraged, for uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, God. It, or or what I titled Three Puking Faces Emojis. <laughs> um, uh, and the... Uh, the I don't understand why they can't just let go of this storyline. Like this whole, from I mean, I know X Men's been quasi rebooted and everything, 
But like since the minute they ever started touching the Dark Phoenix storyline, it's been bad. So just let it go. Like the, the X Men's been around forever. Use some of the other storylines. It's yeah. not like there's only this one. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna do the Dark Phoenix storyline, then they have to like really do it. And in order to do that, they have to like establish that aliens are a thing before. Like they have to go full on with it. Like. Like it has to be like part five of like the X Men story or or whatever, not not the second X Men movie. Um, well, at least with with the Jean Grey character, because um, like the Dark Phoenix storyline doesn't. It's not just a Dark Phoenix storyline. It starts out as the Phoenix storyline where she's like a good a good character, and she saves the universe, and then it it turns into she like the character of the, 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 the entity that is the Phoenix that lives inside Jean gray, um, becomes like hungry for emotion. Like she feeds off of Jean gray's emotions and it turns dark, which is why it's called dark Phoenix. And, and so then the, the rest of the story is about the X-Men and like these aliens that they team up and they're trying to stop the dark Phoenix from destroying the universe. So like you have to build up to it. You can't just go, oh yeah, she's like a super powerful telekinetic, and uh, you know we'll we'll stop her. Also, it's Sansa Stark, who's the world's worst actress. She's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I mean that may all be true. There may be a way to do it, but if I kept failing at something, I think I'd try something else first. Yeah. Well, I mean like X, X Men, the last stand is one of the worst movies of all time. Like, I think oh, I like Wolverine for Origins. now. Yeah. I think I like Wolverine origins more than X Men, the last stand. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never going to watch either of them again. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, X, I walked out of the theater of X Men, the last stand. I walked out and, um, and uh, yeah, I thought we saw that together. No, because I had to go to work after I saw it. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel like being late for work today. I'm just going to leave. Oh. And, uh, and I I walked out like maybe three quarters of the way through it. And I, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, I have seen the end of it. Like I went and checked it out when it was on video just to, just to see the horrible, but, um, but like, uh, like the Wolverine origins movie, which is the one that followed X-Men the last stand um, is also one of the worst movies of all time, but at least we have the version of it where the special effects aren't complete uh, because no, like, that's the real version that well, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but remember it like got leaked to the internet yeah. and yeah. like half of the effects weren't done. And I think we watched that together. Didn't we? Uh, I don't, I don't no, remember. I don't think so. I think I think I have only ever seen, yeah, because I only ever saw it in the theater. Um, because maybe we went and saw it in the theater together. Then, because like I remember, like some of the uh, incomplete effects when they were finally in the finished version of the movie looked almost worse than the incomplete effects. Uh-huh. And I remember laughing my ass off. So, like at least at least Wolverine Origins has moments that are so bad you laugh at, but The Last Stand is just so bad you you want to cry you wish you weren't there like it's like that's a movie that was made out of spite to brian singer who's turning out to be a a, as big a monster as kevin spacey but that's a different story um story for another time yeah but like uh so like brian singer was supposed to do x-men three 
and like he got the job to do uh superman returns and fox out of spite hired brett ratner the world's almost almost as wor- world's worst director him and joel schumacher are fighting for that title they hired brett ratner to make x-men 3 and it's just a train wreck they did it out it of spite and then uh there wasn't a and then like uh X-Men didn't kind of write the ship until the Wolverine came out, which is a pretty good movie. Uh, Never seen it. uh, It's totally worth watching. Uh, It's a fun movie. The last act is kind of a mess, but like up until then it's, it's pretty fun. And then I think days of future past came out. No, it was X-Men first class and then days of future past. So like those are two, one pretty good movie and then one excellent movie. And then, and then X-Men apocalypse, which is just a disaster. Did you see Apocalypse? Um, no, and I don't care to. You should check it out. <laughs> nah. You can see Michael Fassbender just float in the sky for about an hour using his magnetic powers. Yeah. I heard the plot well enough to go, I don't need to see that play out. Yeah. Um, Which one's the one that has the juggernaut saying, I'm the juggernaut, bitch? That's the last stand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, that was X Men Corner. X Men Corner. Um, Coke. Uh, this time just had a commercial that uh, had a Coke bottle on the left hand side of the screen, and on the right hand side of the screen, just flashed up different events that were very important to civil rights and Black history. And uh, I thought that uh, reminding us of those events isn't bad, but trying to sell Coke via them was not cool. So but, but, it's just kind of gross. But how could Martin Luther King have finished his, I have a dream speech without taking a refreshing sip of Coca-Cola every 10 seconds? I know that's a good point. You know, anyway, so <laughs> that's how Coke was. Um, all yeah, right. And Coke that's the corner. end of preview corner and Coke corner and X-Men corner preview corner brought to you by the big ticket. If you would All like right. to sponsor a segment. Shut up, Nick. <laughs> People don't want to sponsor our segments. We got to clean up our audio quality. Then we can start selling ourselves like prostitutes. Check us out on Patreon. <laughs> you can find a link to that at thisweekinfilm.com. Matt, you saw a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the kid who would be king. And let me tell you, it's a good thing I wrote down a lot of notes. Because this movie is just trying to get out of my head. Like, I'm forgetting it. Like, as I read my notes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that happened. Really? Yeah. Um, This movie, I'm going to start out with the grade. And I'm going to give it a C. Oh. But there are some moments that are B and maybe B+. And then some moments that are just flat out D. Um, And this movie really gets the D. Uh, But... Anyway, but is it a, a solid C or like a C minus C plus? No, it's it's a C, but it's got all that fuzz around it with good moments and bad moments, and it starts out well and just goes steadily downhill. It's like the opposite of that first new Star Trek movie. Um, so at the very beginning, there's this really cool animation stuff going on for the exposition, and if that had just continued for two hours, I would have been really happy. Okay. Um. I I would say this is definitely a kids movie. 
take take your kids if you got them. Um, and there are a couple things that just kind of moment to moment, I'm like, well, that's that's kind of funny that that happened. So like the movie goes kind of full Christmas story at the very beginning, where like this kid's being bullied. Yeah. And rather than waiting till like two hours into the movie, he just attacks his bully. Oh, really? It doesn't it doesn't go particularly well, but in that moment, it's very, very Christmas story reminiscent. Um, and if you ever see this movie, just notice how fast this kid can run down the stairs. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but anyway, these are not the most important details. Uh, so this kid's getting bullied and then he's got this friend who's getting bullied. So the main kid's name's Alexander. Oh, I got one. And, of those. and his best friend is named Butters, I think, or Betters, Betters rather. Uh and his best friend is the most fucking annoying kid <laughs> in a movie like ever. Like it, he he I think he even references being Samwise Gamgee, but he really is Samwise Gamgee. That's his whole purpose he's chubby and he's loyal to the main kid but the problem with this kid aside from being like samwise gamji is that he talks like this the whole time like everything says oh my god it's the worst it's the freaking worst i mean like i have caps here so shut this damn kid up just because i can't stand (laughs) listening to him it's it's really bad like kid if you're listening i hope you go on to things but I hope they're not acting until your voice changes. Because shut the hell up. <laughs> it's just, it. Uh, it's, when it, I'm going to assume for the sake of this review that you're going to see this movie at some point. Yeah, probably. And there are going to be things you enjoy. But I, I, I'm. I don't know if I'm eager to hear how much you hate this kid's voice, or if I just want to warn you well enough that you know how annoying it is. And I could probably stop my review right there and have you be sufficiently warned just to know that's the most important thing to know about this movie. Okay. But I'll tell you more. Please. Um, The sense of time in this movie is kind of strange. And I don't even remember exactly what that means, but I know it's true. (laughs) Like, like, kind of like in uh, uh, Game of Thrones, how people can, uh, they make it seem like King's Landing is like, thousands of miles away, but then some people can get there in 20 minutes when they need to. Right. Uh, it, the beginning of this movie is kind of like that. The, the distance um, is only as far as the plot needs it to be. Well, and just that, like, the, the time of day kind of shifts very strangely. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of soft political commentary in it about how, like, evil prevails when there aren't good leaders. And, like, there's a lot of, like, oh, the world today has gotten so divided and awful. Um, And it's fine. Honestly, that's not really a problem with the movie. And so uh, this kid, Alexander, who's been bullied, finds a sword stuck in some rebar, because that makes sense. And uh, turns out it's the sword from the Sword in the Stone, Excalibur. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh who put it in the rebarb? That you'll never know. But like it's like not stuck in a like ancient stone, it's like stuck in some construction equipment. Exactly. Yeah, there's a half destroyed construction site and there's a sword just sticking out of half of a column. Well, somebody had to put it there. Yeah, well, you don't find out. Oh. Um 
And then the highlight of this movie is this other kid, Merlin. <laughs> All right. And he's kind of annoying, too. <laughs> but he's also the highlight of the movie. Um because he's just there, there are things like he pops up at the school and he's interacting with um, Alexander and kind of people are seeing this kid be really weird. He looks kind of like he's like a the, most of the kids are, seem to be like big freshmen and this kid might be like a junior, um, but he's like speaking in old English and whatnot and that sets up some pretty funny jokes. So I'll give them credit for that. Uh-huh. And the actors pulling it off pretty great. Like they're. He has to do these weird hand motions to uh, do his magic. And my guess is that, like, a five- or six-year-old's going to love just watching that happen. It's actually kind of annoying to just sit and watch him keep doing this thing. But when it comes to how he's interacting with people and things he's saying, it's pretty funny. So okay. I'll, give him, I'll give him some credit for that. Way better than and, that uh, other kid. Oh, well, my God. He's so much more tolerable than that other kid. God. The best part of this movie, spoiler alert, is when Betters gets his head cut off. But that only <laughs> happened in my mind, oh. so don't worry. <laughs> the movie's still PG. <laughs> um, Give a spoiler alert for your imagination. I did. Um, so, also playing Merlin is Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, really? And uh, Yes. Okay. And for the first scene that he's in, you're like, what the hell is he doing? Like, something, he's conjuring some magic or something, but he's, like, shaking his arms in this, like, really unconvincing, weird way. Like, I'm trying to show that I'm using a lot of energy, but it, it just looks really bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not used to seeing Patrick Stewart do any bad acting. Um, but he's fine when he pops up in it later. And, you know, he's just, he's always good to see on film. Is he just playing uh, the old version of the kid, or is he just another Merlin? No, he is Merlin. Merlin's just sort of an old guy and a kid at the same time. And there's some some kind of rules that pop up when they need to. Like, uh-huh. like you know how in Lord of the Rings, you're like, hey, why don't they have Gandalf do more stuff? Yeah. Why doesn't he use his magic more rather than just making a beam of light every now and again? Why didn't they use those eagles to fly to Mondor? Mondor? Mordor? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Kind of like that, but, you know, specifically with the the wizard, he's, I think they they sort of build in these things like, oh, yeah, I can't do anything at night. Like, he's he he dies if he's out at night. I don't know. He's like the opposite of a vampire. Not really sure. Um, There are some other funny situational moments, too, like when they're kind of, uh, when, when these, we'll just call them ring wraiths. When the ring wraiths show up, people disappear like everyone who's not a knight and there's some funny stuff that goes on around that like they'll pop back into existence and be kind of surprised as to who these people are who are in their space all of a sudden Uh i'm I'm trying not to spoil anything there because it's one good moment sure um the character development in this movie so so i'm going to treat it like it's not just a popcorn movie for kids right now and say like the character development in this movie is crap. It's really clunky. Um, but again, if you're going with kids, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's some things where it's just like they didn't really care about making things make sense. Like they literally pull a dry book out of a wet swamp. Um, and there are a lot of very quick and convenient conflict solutions. Like, for instance, 
again, I'll, I'll use the Lord of the Rings. If someone were like, oh, man, <laughs> Frodo lost the ring. <laughs> and was like, where did I put the ring? And then found it. Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Two seconds later. That's what some of the conflicts are like in here. Um, so, you know, take it uh, with a grain of salt or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, what, um, so, so um, let me interrupt you for a minute. What are they so, fighting? Like, well, like the uh, the plot of the movie is uh, so this kid pulls the sword from the rebarb, and he becomes yeah. king of England. No, he he pulls the sword from the rebar, so he is at least a spiritual descendant of um, King Arthur, and uh, King Arthur's sister-in-law, no half sister. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Um, always wanted Excalibur for herself so she could be more powerful. And she was like struck down to the depths or something. And so at the time that he finds the sword, she is coming back into power, like Sauron, if you will. Okay, sure. And uh, so he needs to vanquish get her. some knights together, <laughs> and he starts knighting people. Um, but it's also a, a traveling movie, like the Lord of the Rings, if you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is there a magic ring? No, oh. no, there's just a magic sword. But he goes on this quest to look for his father, because he's like, if I can find my father, then he'll be able to tell me how to open the doorway to hell or whatever to uh-huh. vanquish this woman. Um and I'll let you guess how relevant and important that hour of the movie is, uh, based on my tone. Um, so anyway, important, I guess. Indeed. Uh, and that's that's kind of it. I mean, eventually there's a battle at the end, you know, with these things, and that's kind of it, really. And and there are some really bad pep tops pep talks from a high pitched voice annoying chubby kid and. Uh-huh. uh this movie is absolutely smothered in cheese. So take your kids, get some popcorn, have a good time. I very, I, I softly recommend, I recommend this to people with kids. If you don't have kids, don't fuck this movie. You'll just want to kill the one kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got kids. Maybe they'll want to see. There you it. go. Okay. You'll enjoy it. I, I, I do. I do think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll have fun. They'll have fun, and you'll probably have fun watching them have fun. I will say this, though. The things that I was calling ring raids um, are kind of ring wraithy. So, you know, if if, uh, if your kids are still get scared by some imagery, uh, the movie's pretty lighthearted, but there might be a couple moments where they are a little spooked. But they'll get through it. Okay. All right. Well, good yeah. to know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then I guess that brings us to uh, Bumblebee. Yeah. The Transformers movie. Um. We've both seen it, so we're going to spoil the hell out of it. So if you haven't right. seen Bumblebee, uh, I think both Matt and I would say check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's uh, It was pretty good. Um, it's it's not perfect by, by any means, but uh, definitely worth watching. Uh, if you didn't listen to Matt's review of Bumblebee from a couple weeks ago, it's basically the year is 1987. And uh, the Transformer Bumblebee comes to small town California, makes friends with uh, the girl from True Grit, who's grown up, and uh, and they go on an adventure together. 
uh, two bad guy robots show up and Bumblebee's got to stop them from making a phone call. And uh, that's basically the plot. So from from here on out, it's going to be Spoiler City. Um, so, Matt, um, what did you think of Bumblebee? Since you've already talked about it. Uh, no, uh, I, I like this movie. Uh, I, I agree with you that the best the best stuff is when they're on Cybertron. Yeah, uh, like the beginning yeah. of the movie is is awesome, and then when it like flashes back for some reason back to Optimus Prime on Cybertron, and Soundwave attacks him, and like the tape deck shoots out of his uh, chest, and it turns into that dog. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wish that they would just do like a super like a super duper CGI movie, like just get rid of the people and just do the robots. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. You don't really need to to have all the Sam Witwickies and what's her faces and Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although she was fine in it, she was fine. She did a she did a fine job, and she, I thought her acting was tremendous, especially considering she was probably acting against like tennis balls uh, on a stick for for where uh, Bumblebee was on set. Um, her, her friend, like the guy across the street who keeps trying to ask her out, uh, yeah. could have just done without his character altogether. Um, yeah. He didn't really do much. For he didn't really just do kind much. Of annoying. just seemed like they needed to have like a guy character. Um, yeah. They're like, we want a romantic interest of yeah. some sort. Um, and then John Cena who's in it. Um, I, I thought he did a great job, but was largely wasted. Uh, mm. he didn't really do anything. And like, if you've got John Cena in a movie, like it's like having the rock in a movie, but he doesn't do anything. Like, what's the point of having them? If he's not going to do anything like the, like John Cena doesn't fight anybody here. I don't even think he blows anything up. He's just kind of there to get hit a lot. I, I think given what you'd said about being able to take the, the teenage boy out of the movie, if I were to fix this movie, I would, I would amp up John Cena a bit and have them interact and, and kind of become on the same team earlier on in the movie. Yeah, that's a good and idea. Like have it be like a like a fugitive Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones thing where like, you know, he thinks he's trying to catch her and that she's bad and then kind of turns the corner a bit and then it's like, hey, actually, you know what? I've got your back. Yeah. Um, We're kind of in this together been, kind of a thing. Yeah, I think it could have been pretty good. I feel like John Cena if if it's possible had a decent well i mean the girl had a decent chemistry with bumblebee i'd say he had decent chemistry with bumblebee too like if they were on screen together more that would have been fun too yeah so yeah and uh and john cena's got like the best line in the whole movie which is where uh where he, <laughs> he says they call themselves decepticons yes yeah, they call themselves decepticons that's not throwing up any red flags for you guys <laughs> i was like that's tremendous that's great um, that was that was a good jerk. Um, but like, yeah, I, I feel like he was largely largely wasted. Uh, and also, the end of the movie, uh, I didn't care for. Like the the very end, where um, like the, where the movie ends and and she like says goodbye to him. Like, why why do that? We could have more adventures with her and Bumblebee. Like, I mean, it's it's nineteen eighty seven. You got like twenty years till that first Transformers movie comes out. Yeah. 
don't don't turn uh, into the Camaro. Stay stay the stay the little junky bug, you know? Yeah. You you spent all this time to create this world that was great. Let's not change it up so fast. Let's 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 make three of these movies. My hope is that that means they're looking to ignore the rest of the Transformers movies and just move forward with another Transformers movie. You know, like a this version Transformers movie. But at the same time, Haley Steinfeld was great in it. Why not just do that with her? Yeah. If you're going to have a human involved, keep her. I mean, yeah. she's fucking way more tolerable, tolerable than Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And uh, I haven't seen any of the Marky Mark ones, but she's probably better than him, too. Yeah, I haven't seen them yet, either. Um, but, like, this was a, a really well-directed movie. Um, yeah. It was, like, visually, visually interesting. Um, the story is pretty much cookie-cutter, but, like, the performances are, are good enough. Um, the end of the movie falls into that same trap of um, the human needs something to do. And yeah. uh, so like Bumblebee's fighting, fighting off one of these robots while like the, while the girl is, is running around next to them and in the background, in the background, you see the two robots tearing each other apart while she's like dodging CGI debris uh, so that she can climb a ladder to turn off the cell phone. Yeah. And um, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a forced forced thing. Like I I don't need the main character to have to do something. Like if it's about Bumblebee, let him solve the problem. You know, like it doesn't need to be the the eighteen year old girl. I I I don't care too much about that. Like I'm like okay, have her do something or have her be the damsel in distress. And if it was a guy, I'd say the same thing. Like it's a giant robot. Yeah. Let it save the person. Or, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me too much, but what bugged me was with the whole diving thing where the, they oh, set up yeah. this thing that how she, she, she hasn't dived since her dad was alive. And I'm like, I don't care. And then yeah, she the was, end, she's like an Olympic, the water. Olympic diver. Yeah. And then she, well, she's like a high school team diver. I don't know about <laughs> right. She's she's then, a gold medalist in diving. And uh, she she dives in to save. Bumblebee, yeah, what was her who's plan? A robot like, was to her the plan? Water. Was her plan to go down there and pick him Kiss up? Him? Like like <laughs> like he's like a two ton robot. What are you gonna do? And she goes to yeah. the bottom of this water that's filled with debris, like. Like a like a dam just broke, and she just dives into this thing where there's got to be steel bars and wood and just dirt, and she jumps well, in, the, and the water swims like crystal clear. She swims like nine hundred yards right. <laughs> underwater in like three seconds, and she's able to spot him right away. And so she like goes up to him, taps him on the head, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> I guess." But yeah, I yeah, good point. I should uh, operate. Uh, I guess I'm waterproof. Cool. Good to know. Time to get out of the water. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, the movie's definitely got its problems. Like it's, it's no way flawless or, or perfect, but it was fun. It was fun to watch. And that's what I want from a transformer movie. Like, that's what I liked about the first transformers movie. Um, like I forget when that came out, like 2007, I want to say. Um, and uh, like, like, 
it does not hold up over time. Like, like I tried to watch it with my son not too long ago and I was like, I can't do this. This is brutal. But when I saw it in theaters, I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it was a lot of fun and, and I was excited for the second transformers movie. And when I saw that it had no fun at all, like it, it was miserable experience and a drop of fun. not a drop of fun. Like at least in the first one, like the characters are doing stuff and they're like, they're like fish out of water sort of thing on, on the new planet and whatever. And like, there's some comedic elements. And I thought Shia LaBeouf did a good job in that movie. Um, and even his, his annoying parents like had a purpose for being in the first movie, not in any of the sequels that they shoehorned them in. But in, uh, in this movie, all the characters have something to do for the most part, like at the end where they're having the big car chase and the dad's driving the station wagon or the stepdad's driving the station wagon. And, and they're like, well, I guess we have to end this somehow. I don't know. Wreck the station wagon. They have that sequence where there's almost a car accident three times. I was like, I was like, this is corny, but at least it was fun. Like it was, it was silly and it ends in a funny way. Like, you know, like the movie has heart. Yeah. It has sort of a Spielberg feel. Yeah. And I think the eighties, um, the eighties location, like the movie taking place in 87, um, along with like the totally like late eighties musical soundtrack, like it all really works. Like, like this is where transformers belongs is in this time period before, like before, like the digital takeover of, of the world. Uh, like, like transformers are, are analog robots for an analog time. And, uh, and it, and this is where I think they work works best. Like nobody's got cell phones with cameras and videos, so like, how can you prove that something happens? And like like they they imply when um the the bad aliens are in like in the uh, I forget what's the name of their organization in their CIA room. I, okay. And they and they're basically like they basically say that the Decepticons invent the internet. You know, like yeah. Like, I was like, oh, that's, you know, like, that's corny, but clever. Um, you know, like, like little things like that. I, I, and back to the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was great. And, uh, and like, I also like how uh, she, she puts the tape deck into Bumblebee and then, and then uh, she puts in the, the cassette tape for like the Smiths. And she's like, here's this song I really like. And it starts to play and he just like spits it out Chops at her, out, yeah. you know, like, like it, it wasn't like everything about the eighties was great kind of a thing, you know, like there, it had its good and it had its bad. I don't have anything against the Smiths, but like it, it's, it's definitely, it, it, the movie takes place in the eighties, but it isn't all about the eighties. Yeah. It's really there, but it's not like just cramming down your throat. Like, right. Oh, the eighties were such a great time. Right. It's yeah. It's just the. It's, it's not quite as like dreamily reminiscent of it, right? And um, the and then like and then that that's the one thing I really don't understand about the very end of the movie is that you have this '80s soundtrack, and then the last song of the movie that plays during the credits is a modern song that the main character is singing. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, like it's like a it's a modern song. Like I guess the Haley Steinfeld girl is a pop singer too. Yeah, she is. And uh, she's singing the, the song, like the song that's playing she, is one of her songs. She also sang the, the theme song for the last Fifty Shades of Grey movie. 
Really? Think about that. <laughs> That's weird. It is. Why does the Fifty Shades of Grey need a theme song? <laughs> Why did it need to be made, Nick? If you're going to ask dumb <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, how was the movie? Uh, I never saw it. How do you know there was a song? Uh, you know, I pick up trivia here and there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know the song. I have no idea what the song actually is. We'll do a commentary track for the third Fifty Shades of Grey movie. I don't think we will. I think we should, <laughs> but having not seen the first two, I think that'll be fun. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. Um, so I think you might have answered this already by saying that you wish they would do three more of these. But what did this do for you? What did this do uh, to the idea or the, the franchise of Transformers for you? Oh, like did it a, hit a reset button? Yeah, if, I feel like it did. Uh, yeah, cool. I, I feel like it totally reset the whole thing. I was like, if we're going to reboot it, let's start it from here. And is the implication at the end of the movie when, when he turns into the Camaro, which I disagree with, he should just stay the bug. Yeah, Bumblebee. And um, but when he's riding next to the semi truck that looks like Optimus Prime, is that Optimus Prime? Is that the implication? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that is a hundred percent Optimus Prime. That whole line on the side that turns up at the end. Uh huh. That's that's a hundred percent Optimus Prime design with the short nose. What do they call it? Short nose tractor trailer or flat flat nose tractor trailer? That's that's. I, I was ex- I, as excited as I was. Well, I wasn't as excited as I was at the beginning of the movie, but I was nearly as excited to see that form of Optimus Prime just be what he's supposed to be, too. Because uh-huh. the one in the other movies is like flames on it and stuff. And I'm like, don't pimp my ride. Give me my regular <laughs> old Optimus Prime. Right. Uh, but yeah, totally a fun movie. Uh, I'll see it again. And um, yeah. My son liked it. Uh, I'm glad you got to see it before it was out of the theater. Yeah. Um, good, a good time. Like I'm, I'm looking for. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm looking forward to the next Transformer movie as long as Michael Bay isn't involved. Right. Like if it's if like the guy who directed this movie is uh what's his name Travis Knight I want to say Travis Knight. Um, he directed something else and I was like, oh, that's an interesting change. He was the director of, uh, Kubo and the two strings and Panor Paranorman. Uh, so he's like an animation guy and then he got picked up to do this, which is, oh, he directed Kubo and the two strings and then this. So like, that's a hell of a shift to go from like a, a, animated film to this big budget blockbuster well i mean i don't i think the budget was somewhere in like the 120 130 million range which oh, yeah. is I mean, it's, it's a decent chunk um but pretty small for a transformers franchise but I, but i do hope or a transformers movie but i do hope that with the cost being lower that the box office being what it is still means enough profit that they'll go in this direction. Yeah, I hope I, so too. I don't think, I mean, I guess money talks, but at the same time, I don't think they can ignore that this one's getting so much better feedback than. Yeah, totally agree. The, yeah, I think a big problem with that is the marketing. Like a lot of people didn't know the movie was coming out. Yeah, I didn't until until I think when you went and 
said you were going to go see it. I was like, that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at its yeah. numbers right now and its budget was 135 million. And in the U S it's made 124 million, but worldwide it's made 400 plus. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty low for a transformers movie, but like you said, it had no, no real exposure. I, I, I want to, and maybe this is just me being cynical, but I want to believe that Michael Bay interfered with the marketing or something, right. you know, like that he tanked this movie because he knew it would be better than his pieces of shit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, then that brings us to uh, our super popular segment on the show. The great movie ranking lists is Matt. Where are you going to put the movie you saw? I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> the Kid Who, the kid would, who be would Be King. king. Right. Uh, I, I'm i torn because like, I want to put the first half of the movie way further up the list and the second half of the movie where I'm going to put the whole movie. Uh-huh. Um, this movie's going between Blazing Saddles and House Shark. Oh, into the number 18 spot. Better than House Shark, not as good as Blazing Saddles. Right. Kid who would be king. And this is week 102. Oops. 102. Great. Now it is my turn. As I open the list, I saw two movies. I saw Dancer in the Dark, which I'm going to put. Um. Boy, I don't know. I am not comfortable with where I put Happy Death Day. I wish I put that a little, a little lower. Um, uh, because Once Upon a Time in America was better than Happy Death Day. What was I thinking? <laughs> you had fun. Uh, that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna put this movie ahead. Uh, Dancer in the Dark. I'm gonna put ahead the dark into the number nine spot between wreck it ralph and happy death day week 101 and then bumblebee i want to put i'm going to put that below mission impossible six and above pop star into the new number 14 spot bumblebee week 102 wait this is week 102 no. Yeah, this is week one hundred two. Curses. We've made mis- I've made a mistake. Oh no. Listen to the exciting typing that I'm doing. Wait, but is is this episode gonna air before or after the last one? After. Um Okay. Wait, what? After we're still going in order. <laughs> okay. Uh all right, yeah, you're good. Alright, so Wow, I've seen 30 movies since we started doing this. That's a lot. What am I at? Like 19? I think you're at 20. Let's see. Oh, okay. You're at 24. Oh, all right. Yeah, this is a fun way to keep track of it. Um, uh, we got contacted on Twitter by, uh, by Pat Shields, and he suggested that we look into the app uh, Letterboxd, uh, which is like a social media network, but for like movie fans. Uh, mm-hmm. And I looked into it, and uh, it's it's 
a little much. It's basically you get to write reviews on a on a website for movies, oh, um, and then like keep track of your things. So I created a profile for the show called This Week in Film, and uh, if you're interested, um, I guess I guess we'll start using this, um, Matt. I will give you the uh, the login information, and if you feel compelled, you can rate and review the movies that you see on Letterbox and. Uh, you can interact with the show there too. So, uh, Letterboxd is spelled L E T T E R B O X D. You can find us as This Week in Film. Um, Matt, anything to plug? Nothing at all. Okay. Uh, check out thisweekinfilm.com. That'll give you a link to just about all the places that we're located. Um, Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid Nothing sexy at Flanders. All. Uh, and I guess that's gonna do it for the show this week so uh, uh, I guess that's the end of the reel and we'll see you next week in film peace out